You're listening to the podcast. Thank you so much for your time and your attention. But have you checked out the YouTube channel yet? Man, go to Live F Cubed. That's the F Cubed website, Live F Cubed. And in the upper right-hand corner, you can find a link right to the YouTube channel. I don't have enough clout. I don't have enough prestige yet to have you know my own YouTube URL that is recognizable. It's just a bunch of letters and consonants that nobody's going to remember. I don't even know it myself, so I'm certainly not going to give you that. But go to LiveFCubed, click on the YouTube link, check out the videos, subscribe. Got a lot of stuff coming out in video form, so definitely give that a look. F-Cubed podcast, episode number nine, I believe we are on now, and so man, this thing is just, this thing is just humming along, man, it's going, uh, it's going pretty well, you know, I've uh, touched on a few different subjects, you know, here and there, some fitness stuff, some faith stuff, I even sprinkled in a finance piece for you guys a couple of episodes ago, starting to bring guests on the podcast, I had Flip from Sweat Nation join me a couple of episodes ago, and I've got a few... I've got a few guests coming on down the chutes here that I think you guys will will really enjoy. But in the here and now, today's task, so what is on the docket, what is on the dance card for this episode? I want to talk about why I count macros. And I want to try to keep this to under 75 minutes if I can if I can do it. No, I'll try to keep it to 12, 15 minutes like most of them are. But I could just I could go on and on about this for you know a really really long time because there's just so many reasons why I think macros are kind of the best choice and so you know I'll hit on a couple of them in this episode we'll kind of talk about some of the other more popular diets out there and then you know we'll just we'll see where we're at at the twelve to fifteen minute mark and then I'll probably just shut it down and because we can always come back to this man and that's the beauty of it man I mean this is this is my podcast I and mean, I can do whatever I want. And so I could do the next five episodes on why I count macros if I really wanted to. And so that being said, why do I count macros? Well, let me count the ways. Uh, the first thing I want to say is let me kind of give you guys the punchline here on the front end. And here's the punchline. And I don't care what anybody else says. This is just the truth as I see it. It's the truth as I see it in the world, it's the truth as I see it in the science, it's the truth as I see it in my heart. The truth is this, keto, macros, intermittent fasting, eating clean where you have a meal plan, where you just eat chicken and broccoli and tilapia and cauliflower every day for the rest of your life, all of these things will work. They all work. They all work really, really well. Anything will work if you adhere to the program. If you adhere to the actual diet, if you actually stick with the plan, anything will work. Anything that puts your body into a caloric deficit will work. Now, of course, I'm talking about fat loss here. And so, you know, we could talk about macros from a gaining standpoint. I'm sure I will at some point in the future. But I just, I just know in, you know, talking with so many of you and just kind of 
observing the world around me and the people I work with and, you know, my athletes, my clients and all that kind of stuff. I mean, most people are interested in fat loss, right? And most people are interested in getting leaner. Most people are interested in getting, you know, more toned or more defined or more cut or, you know, whatever synonym you want to use, whatever descriptive term you want to use. I mean, that's what most people are interested in. And so I kind of want to frame up the discussion today from a fat loss standpoint. If you are in a caloric deficit, then it's going to work, period. It doesn't matter what you want to label it. It doesn't matter if you know you want to cut out all the carbs from your diet and go keto. That's going to work if you're in a caloric deficit. It doesn't matter if you want to you know go 20 hours without eating and then just slam your system with a four-hour you know, buffet bonanza. That's going to work too as long as you're in a caloric deficit. And hey, that chicken and broccoli and that tilapia and cauliflower, that's going to work too as long as you're in a caloric deficit. And believe it or not, and people are going to be like, Jim, there's no way this is possible, but oh, it is. You can overeat on chicken and broccoli and tilapia and cauliflower. And if you do, I don't care what meal plan you, you follow. I don't care how clean you think your foods are. If you are in a caloric surplus, you will not lose weight, period. Like it is just a mathematical equation. And I get really fired up about this because, you know, I'm I'm actually I'm actually a lot more open minded than I used to be, man. If if I was doing this podcast seven, five, even three years ago, I mean I would be just a lot more kind of my way is the highway type of deal. And I'm still like that when it comes to some things. I know that I am. And this might be one of them. But I get fired up about this because at the end of the day, if you don't want to track macros, if you don't want to count calories, like I have a lot of respect for people that don't want to do it. Like I understand, you know, if you don't want to do it because it's a huge commitment, you know, and it takes time and it's an investment and it's a pain in the reader and it's all these different things. And so, I mean, I've got clients and athletes that don't want to do that and I respect that and I work with them with the way that, you know, they want to set this up and the way that they see themselves succeeding. Because again, what's going to work is going to be the thing that you stick to. It's not going to be the thing that may be, you know, best in some book or in some science article or for, you know, Joe down the street. It doesn't matter. What matters is what's best for you and what can you stick to. But all that being said, it doesn't matter what you do. It all does come back to calories. At the end of the day, that is what your body is going to be counting. Whether you want to count them or not, your body's counting them. And so that kind of brings me to the first reason. All of that was just a preamble, you know, a nice little six-minute preamble to the, uh, to the first reason why I count macros. Since I know that this is what my body's doing anyway, I like to go straight to the source and be very well informed with what's going on inside of my body anyway. Behind the scenes, this is what's happening. So why don't I, you know, kind of pull the curtain back and kind of, you know, get my hands dirty and kind of get, you know, knee deep in the hoopla and figure all this stuff out so that I can better control, you know, the output by understanding the inputs. And so that's the first reason why I really like to count macros because I feel like it just gives you a tremendous amount of information, a tremendous amount of extremely valuable data on yourself. I mean, if you guys have been following me, you know, I've got a couple of videos I did on YouTube about this little uh, statistical project that I've kind of just gotten underway. I'm only kind of 
really, I've really just scratched the surface with what I want to do, but I've got so many other kind of, you know, irons in the fire here that I can only do, you know, one or two things at a time. But if you check out my YouTube channel, you'll see I've done a couple of videos about all the data that I have on myself from specifically the competition season I did last year. I mean, I kept really, really diligent records, you know, daily macros, training records, all this stuff. And so I have a wealth of data on myself that allows me to learn some really interesting things about how my body responds to different, you know, caloric levels. Like if we leave training out of it for a minute and just talk about nutrition, I mean, I have just a wealth of data on myself, like carbs, fats, protein, fiber, high days, low days, medium days, off the reservation days. I mean, I've got it all logged. And so taking a look at that, I've already in just the couple of videos I've done and some of the other things I've done behind the scenes, I've already learned so much about myself. I've already learned so much about how my metabolism works and about what levels make sense for me when I want to lose fat? What levels make sense for me when it comes to, you know, where I think my maintenance calories might be? And I'm telling you guys, man, that's really, really powerful. Because, you know, when I'm trying to lose fat, when I'm trying to put myself in a in a caloric restriction, it's really, really helpful to know that I'm not guessing. I'm not just like, you know, wandering through the dark hoping that this will work like I know it'll work because I have all these data on myself now I don't know how well it's going to work because you know our metabolic rates change all the time they change with you know the amount of muscle we have on our frame they change with how active we are they they're constantly in flux and so you can never pin it down like you know to the to the pound or to the half a pound but I know you know over time over a series of weeks I know that if I if I eat X, that I'm going to lose weight, that I'm going to lose fat. And man, I'm just telling you guys, especially those of you guys out there that are, that are listening and that have struggled to maybe find a rhythm or find, you know, a nice little pattern to settle into. You know, I'm just telling you, man, it's really, really powerful to have the knowledge at your fingertips to know, all right, if I just execute, it's going to work. Man, there's a lot of power that is in that one little statement. So that's the first reason why I like to count macros. The next reason why I like to count macros is, and this is specifically up against like a meal plan type thing. Like a lot of people, when they diet, you know, they they think they have to avoid certain foods. Like they think they can't eat pizza or they think they can't eat cookies or they think they can't eat whatever. And the reality is this, and it took me a while to figure this out. Like I saw it, you know, in the literature and in the science and whatever. And, you know, don't let me fool you. I haven't read everything that's out there. You know, I haven't read every study that's out there, but I'm I'm pretty well versed in the main ones that are out there, at least in terms of a, a broad overview of what the studies show and kind of the consensus. And it's just that, the actual foods that you eat don't really matter. Like there are no magic foods. Like people think, oh, spinach is, you know, spinach is magic. Broccoli is magic. Tilapia is just magic. I mean, you'll get shredded on tilapia. Pizza, oh, you can't eat pizza, man. Are you, are you serious? You can't touch pizza. 
Cereal? Dude, are you out of your mind? You can't eat cereal. If you're eating cereal, you just don't want it badly enough. The reality is, your body doesn't know the difference between pizza and protein shakes. It doesn't know the difference between tilapia and toaster strudels. Now, obviously, those are very different foods because of protein, carbs, and fat, and blah, blah, blah. But when you equate for protein, carbs, fat, fiber, when you bring all these things and you control for them and you equate for these variables, your body actually, it's just breaking down the component parts. It's just breaking down the nutrients. And so that's why when you look at a lot of these, you know, these studies that show, you know, oh, the quality of food matters and, you know, people ate whole foods and they lost all this weight, blah, blah, blah. Well, look very closely at those studies. And here's what you'll notice. They, they like to bury these things like in a footnote somewhere as if it's not the star of the show when it really is the star of the show. These people ended up eating in a caloric deficit. They ended up by their swapping out cereal for cauliflower. You know, they're going to save a lot of carbs. They're going to save a lot of calories and they're increasing their fiber content. And so, you know, all the variables are not equal in that equation. And, you know, the, the author is oftentimes like to spin it like it's the food quality that's the driver, but it's really not. And I saw an article that was recent. It's been floating around the Internet recently. And I think it started off being um, there was an article in The New York Times about this, maybe. That it basically said calorie counting doesn't work. It's all about the quality of food. And I laughed because I read that article and near the end of the article, the authors of the article even admitted, all right, the subjects of these studies most likely ended up eating fewer calories. And I was like, there it is. Bingo. You could have saved me the first nine paragraphs because that's all hogwash up against the caloric deficit. And so, you know, obviously cauliflower is a better choice than cereal for the fiber content and what have you. And protein powder is a better choice than pizza when it comes to the protein content. But at the end of the day, you know, if all your numbers are in line, the point I was trying to make was, you know, if you want to enjoy some cereal and if you want to enjoy, you know, some things that you would not otherwise enjoy, you can do that and still hit your goals. And that kind of brings me to, you know, there's another five-minute preamble into the second reason, which is I have found that when you're on a meal plan, and I'm really speaking anecdotally here, this is the experience that I've had more times than I care to admit. And I think there might be some studies on this actually that have emerged. I think there are, but I couldn't like tell you where they were published or whatever, but I think I, think I ran across these at one point or another. But it's just that when people are on a meal plan for a diet for some fixed period of time and they lose a lot of fat, they lose a lot of weight, so they achieve their goal for, you know, for all intents and purposes. When they get done, they usually struggle. They usually rebound. They usually gain the weight back. And I've done this a million times in the past. And that's not seen to the same degree when people have a more flexible approach to their diet so they're like enjoying foods that they wouldn't normally enjoy you know on like a meal plan type situation and so I think the reason why that is so is because there's something psychological about you know things being forbidden things being off limits so that once it's over and you feel you know for lack of a better phrase free then it's like all hell breaks loose, man. And I mean, if you want to take this all the way back, I mean, let's take this back to the 
the origin. Let's take this back to the Genesis, both literally and figuratively. Adam and Eve, man, they were in the garden, and what did they do? They ate the apple. They ate the apple. Eve ate the apple. She gave it to Adam. She took him down. She took us all down with her. And what happened? All hell broke loose. Quite literally. And so, I mean, maybe that's the start of all this. It probably is since obviously, you know, I mean, Jesus is kind of the start of everything and and God is the beginning of everything. But not to go off on that tangent too much because I wanted to keep this more of a fitness only thing. I think psychologically... When you are, when you've been telling yourself for so many weeks and months that you can't have X, when you first have an opportunity to have X, I mean, it's like Frank the Tank from old school, man. Once you, once it hits your lips, it's over, man. It is game over. And so I think a more sensible approach is to weave those things in along the way in a flexible diet, you know, in a macro type situation. And I think that just makes a lot more sense. Now, that being said, you've got to employ some self-awareness. You've got to understand yourself. Meaning, like take me for example. I eat cereal right now all the time. And I'm doing that kind of as a test for uh, a totally different reason. But um, one of the things that I know that I have a hard time eating and only having a little bit of is brownies or are brownies. If I, I'm not going to have two bites of a brownie. I'm just not going to do it, period. And so for me, even though I could eat brownies, I could fit them in. I know myself and I know that it's going to be really hard for me to stick to, you know, the serving size of a brownie that will make that work in my macros. And so... I kind of leave brownies on the shelf whenever I'm in like a, you know, a fat loss phase or cleaning up my diet phase or whatever. And actually, I I mean, the cereal thing is kind of along those lines. The reason why I'm having cereal now is I'm trying to, you know, cereal is another one of those trigger foods for me. It's not as bad as brownies. And so that's why I wasn't going to get into it. But since I'm doing it now and there's, you know, no reason, you know, kind of not to include this here because it's a great point. What I'm trying to do is I'm actually trying to train myself to where I can have, you know, a bowl or a bowl and a half of cereal each night. And so that way when I when I have cereal, you know, for the first time on like a treat day or after a competition training cycle or whatever, I don't find myself, you know, three boxes of Apple Jacks later and I'm like, all right, how did I get here? You know, I think we've all been in that situation. And don't get me wrong, it still happens to me, you know, to this day, but it happens far less when I'm on a flexible diet, macro counting type situation where I basically have free reign to eat foods I enjoy and just fit them into my numbers, it happens far less than it did when I used to follow meal plans. And so I still think meal plans have a time and a place. I really do. You know, I think that, you know, like if uh, if it just works with your schedule and you, you just fall into a routine, which a lot of us do Monday through Friday, I mean, kind of eating the same foods I think makes a lot of sense. I mean, I'm I'm fairly flexible with my diet, but I still fall into the same foods. I mean, I eat the same lunch almost every single day, but I just, I really enjoy it. I don't feel like I'm restricted in any way. And so those are a couple of reasons why. It's not all the reasons why, but it's a couple of the main ones. And I'm already at 19 minutes, so I'm probably going to go ahead and shut this down. But, you know, whatever you guys want to do, man. I mean, keto, intermittent fasting, macros, meal plans, you know. 
The main thing that you got to remember is the thing that's going to work is the thing that you are going to stick to long term. And to give you guys kind of, I guess, a, you know, my third preamble of the, of the podcast, but this will be a preamble looking forward to a future podcast. This is, that's actually the main reason why I don't like keto and I don't like intermittent fasting for me and for 99% of people because I think you can keto for five months. I think you can keto for, you know, three months. I think you can intermittently fast for four months and you can get in really good shape. But I don't know that you can do that long term for most people. Now, I've met a couple of outliers. I've met a couple of stragglers that were able to, you know, they, they've, they're they like, hey, I've been doing keto for, you know, six years and I love it and blah, blah, blah. They're the exception. They're the outlier. And so I think for most people, you've got to be true to yourself and you got to say, all right, am I really going to not eat carbs for the rest of my life? Like, I don't think that that makes a lot of sense for most people. So just something to think about, man, you know, kind of give you guys really kind of a full detailed discussion around why I track macros and you know maybe that motivated you to track macros maybe that totally turned you off from tracking macros either way I hope you guys got something from this and uh yeah man I'm about to go have some Captain Crunch so I'll see you guys next time thank you guys thank you guys so much If you wanted to take 10 seconds and hop on over to iTunes and leave me a rating, you can five-star it, you can one-star it, but you obviously should five-star it. Write me a review. Man, that would mean so much to me. I would be so appreciative. And uh, yeah, that's it. God bless you guys.